Today I'm continuing my sub-series on the feeding of the 5,000 and I'm talking about apparent discrepancies between the accounts of the feeding of the 5,000. As I said in my last video, the reason for this is that that tends to confirm that the accounts are independent, uh, particularly in the literary sense or the sense of uh, not being based upon some common, well-known source. The first one I want to talk about today concerns the location of the feeding of the 5,000. In the Gospel of Mark, when the feeding is all over, it says immediately Jesus commanded his disciples to get into the boat and to go to Bethsaida. Well, that doesn't seem like a big deal until you start looking at a map and you look at the Gospel of Luke. Because Luke specifically says that the feeding of the 5,000 took place in the vicinity of Bethsaida. In fact, it says when Jesus went, went away uh, to get away from the crowds, as we discussed in the last video, he went to a city called Bethsaida. And so then the feeding is going to take place kind of in the, in the large uh, countryside, very near uh, the city of Bethsaida because it's a, thousands of people, obviously. It's not taking place right in the town. So why would Jesus tell them afterwards to get in the boat and to go to the other side to Bethsaida? They're already right there. So this is an apparent discrepancy between the accounts. Right away, I just want to note that the location of the feeding of the 5,000 in the vicinity of Bethsaida is independently confirmed. So what Luke says is independently confirmed. I'm going to be talking about that in later videos. It's actually a very important fact. It's confirmed by undesigned coincidences with John and also uh, an undesigned coincidence within the Gospel of Luke itself. So there's really no reason to doubt it. Moreover, when you look at Mark, you see that when they arrive, finally, at the other side, after adventures, there's a storm and so forth. But when they get there, it says that they arrived at Gennesaret. And Gennesaret is right near Capernaum. Uh, John says when they set off, they set off to go to Capernaum. Well, those are right next to one another. They're on the uh, west side, northwest of the, of the Sea of Galilee. Bethsaida uh, is on the northeast side of the Sea of Galilee. So this actually all fits together even right in Mark, that they are going, they're going west. Jesus is sending them west. So even to say that he, he's sending them to Bethsaida, something's a little odd right in Mark itself because it doesn't apparently mean that they're on the opposite side of the lake from Bethsaida. That can't be what it means given other things that are found in Mark. I'm going to link below to a blog post that I did going into some of this in more detail. So it's not as though there's some clear indication in Mark that the feeding of the 5,000 takes place on the opposite side of the lake from Bethsaida, and that's all consistent within Mark, and then that contradicts Luke. Uh, it's more complicated than that because even in Mark we have reason to believe that it, it did not. The feeding of the 5,000 did not take place uh, far away from Bethsaida. So what does it mean when Jesus says, it, it says that Jesus told them to go to Bethsaida? Well, the preposition there that's usually translated to, it certainly can be translated to, it's pros, a uh, pretty common preposition. And just like in English, a preposition can have various meanings. It can also be translated toward. It can even be translated over against. So I want to talk first just about a really simple 
explanation of how this might have arisen that is incompatible with inerrancy. And then I'm going to talk about a couple of plausible harmonizations. But here's a, here's a simple way that it could have arisen. Uh, Papias tells us that Mark was getting the memoirs of Peter. Of, of what happened and these stories about Jesus. Now let's suppose that Peter is talking, he's probably preaching in Rome, and that he says, and Jesus told us to go to Bethsaida when he meant to say to Genesaret, or he meant to say to Capernaum, that he just misspoke a single word. This happens to me all the time. I don't know about you, but it happens to me all the time, and I don't even always realize that I have misspoken. It has happened to me while I'm recording these videos, that I will misspeak a single word, and then I'll watch the video later, and I'll say, oh, I, I said healing when I meant feeding, and then I'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm, um, you know, live and so forth. I'm doing it all in one take. Well, obviously, Peter, he doesn't have uh, a video of what he said, and he could have just gone on, and Mark could have written it down to Bethsaida. Now, that is the kind of thing that arises in ordinary life all the time, and is actually very consonant, very compatible with the idea of witness testimony here, which would still be expected to be very highly reliable, because it's just misspeaking mis on one word. It is, however, incompatible with the doctrine of inerrancy, if, and if, if that's something you're interested in, I want to talk about a couple of possible harmonizations, and I don't despise these. Uh, these are not highly implausible. Uh, one of them is that pros there should be translated toward. So let's suppose that the feeding takes place just a little bit further east than the town of Bethsaida proper. And so when Jesus sends them away, he says, get in the boat and go in the direction of Bethsaida. Go that, go that away. Okay, and that if they were going back west, they would be going toward Bethsaida even though that's not their ultimate destination. They're trying to get across to the Genesaret Capernaum area. So that's a possibility. Another is that it, it could be translated over against. He sent them to the other side, over against Bethsaida, which would be, you know, fully compatible because they're going over to the other side that, you know, faces Bethsaida to, to either Capernaum or Genesaret, those towns over there that are, you know, facing off with Bethsaida, so that's another translation possibility. Let's go to the next one, and this will be the last apparent discrepancy I'm going to discuss here. And I want to say right up front that I'm not sure of the, the correct explanation of this one, but I'm going to offer something that's been offered to me that seems to me like it's not implausible. In Mark, as already mentioned, Jesus tells the disciples to, to go away. And there's actually a reason probably for that. Mark uses one of his favorite words immediately, but there may be a, a special reason for it here because it says in John that he was uh, knowing that the people were going to come and try to make him king by force. So he wants to he wants to break up, he wants to separate, send the disciples away, and it says while he dismissed the crowd and that he would have the authority to dismiss the crowd but get the disciples on their way. So he sends them away and then it says, uh, and he sent them to go away while he dismissed the crowd. And when he had uh, bidden them, and I think that probably means the gospels, uh, or probably means the crowd, he bid the crowd farewell, he went up the mountain to pray. When you go to John, it, it doesn't mention him sending the disciples away at all. It says that he knew that the people were going to come to try to make him king, and so he went up the mountain to pray. So he got away from them. He evaded them. 
And it says, And when it was evening, the disciples came down to the shore and got in the boat to go to Capernaum. So there you'd kind of get this picture that he goes up the mountain and, and then the disciples come down. Whereas if you read just the synoptics, you get the impression that the disciples go away in the boat and then he dismisses the people and then he goes up the mountain. So there's this apparent order discrepancy going on there. But I think we need to consider that the uh, synoptics do not say that he escorted the disciples down to the boat. They don't say that he, he went down there and he kind of, you know, waved as they rode away and then he dismissed the crowd and then he went up the mountain. It's just as he commanded them to get into the boat and go over. So that command could take place at some distance from the shoreline. It could even take place up the mountain. And it could take some time for them to wend their way through the crowds and get down to the shoreline while they hear Jesus behind them dismissing the crowds. And he could tell them what his intention was. You know, they're going to try and come to make me king. I'm going to be dismissing them and then I'm going to go up the mountain and get out of their way so they can't see me anymore. I want you to get into the boat and go over to the other side. He gives them that command, and then they go on their way, and they're kind of looking, you know, over their shoulder, and they're hearing what he's saying, and maybe people are trying to talk to them. It can take a while to get away, especially if there's some distance. So John's mind can be following what he's thinking about Jesus doing, and then by the, it's getting darker all this time, and then he's picturing the disciples when it was evening came to the shore and got into the boat. That doesn't necessarily mean that Jesus went actually up the mountain first and then they kind of looked around tum-ti-tum, oh, I guess we'll go down and get into the boat. That, that doesn't uh, contradict what is said in Mark if you think of these events as taking place in a somewhat intertwined way. Obviously, if events take place um, at approximately the same time over a, a, a space, it can be uh, difficult and because you have to describe them in some order or other. And if Mark's uh, mind is going to, or I should say Peter's mind is going to that immediacy and urgency of Jesus sending them away, but John's mind is going to uh, Jesus' own actions, then they'll describe different things first. So I think that that is not an implausible uh, explanation. I'm not saying that I know that that's why they're described in different ways. It may, it may be that they remembered it in a way that was contradictory. But once again, it definitely shows independence. You're not going to find John, depending on either Mark or on a oral tradition that is like Mark, this subtle tradition, because John is the last last book being written, the last gospel being written, and then putting this in there, why would he do that in a, an apparent contradiction? Instead, what it appears is that Mark is giving his own oral account uh, of his uh, memories of what happened that day, and so his perspective is a little bit different. So that, again, is the, is the fruitful nature of these apparent discrepancies. In the next video, I'm going to be talking about some confirmations coming from undesigned coincidences between and among the Gospels concerning the accounts of the feeding of the 5,000. Thanks for watching.